Oh, hello, I'm back. Yes, that was a disaster. Look, I tried a new system. It didn't work. I tried to go two podcasts, longer length, and no. That's not going to work for me. I'll just I'll just leave it at no. Okay, so we're going to go back to the what I was doing before, Monday to Thursday. That's New Zealand time, Monday to Thursday. So I'm, in, I'm again, and living in the future if you're living in the north. And yeah, we'll do it that way instead, okay? Right, anyway, today we'll get we'll get straight into it. I wanted to talk a little bit about this copy and paste propaganda thing that I've labelled, well, the propaganda that's going around, and I've labelled it copy and paste. We'll go into that regarding uh, pandemic stuff and the climate crazies. And I just want to cover a little bit of what's in the news because there's some uh, interesting, interesting stuff to talk about. But before all that, welcome... Well, welcome back to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast, commentary, comedy, and conversation. Please remember to subscribe, like, share, comment, all of those good things. Right, where to begin? Well, actually, you know what I wanted to say? I wanted to say that on the weekend, a local op shop had a garage sale. Let that sink in. An op shop had a garage sale. An op shop is a perpetual garage sale. That's what they do. People bring things, they donate things, but usually it's things they don't want. Like a garage sale that you put out for people to come and peruse. So an op shop did that. And I thought it was genius and it seemed to work. Because what they did was they set up tables in in their parking lot. And put all the things clearly that weren't selling in store or that they've had out the back for a long time. And they drew quite the crowd. So whoever came up with that marketing idea, brilliant. Well done. I think it's genius. I think it's hilarious. But hey, it's it's changing the behavior of people and it's could have, sort of getting that uh, visual thing going. Where people, you draw a crowd and people start looking at the tables and then more people... Will come over. Great idea, fantastic idea, but it did make me laugh. The, the the op shop, the perpetual garage sale, held an actual garage sale. But well done, well done. Okay, now running through some of these stories that I wanted to talk about briefly before I get into the main topic of the copy and paste propaganda. You remember a couple of weeks ago I talked about that Chloe Grace Moritz actress where that family guy meme went viral of the legs all the way up Griffin and they somebody had photoshopped her looking like that character well at the time i said why is this in the news because this happened six years ago they were talking about it happening in 2016 suddenly it's being rehashed and and brought back up again and uh, i just speculated she must have something coming out because the pr people are so incredibly obvious and, and well they're so predictable that it's boring and that prediction of mine came true because today in the New Zealand media, Chloe is all over the papers and other entertainment avenues, mediums, I should say, because she is, she's in a new cyberpunk thriller. And so there you go. Whenever you see something being rehashed or someone who's been out of the news for a while, then clearly they've got something coming out. It makes me wonder about what's going on with Brad Pitt because I, wasn't he saying something about it's hard to be it's exhausting being a masculine man and then he got photographed in a dress or I I could be wrong but I just wonder if Brad Pitt's got something coming out too or uh, sometimes these celebrities just need a bit of attention but 
I think this Chloe Moritz one was pretty obvious and it turned out to be true. Only a, one, about, about a month later after that story coming out, we have advertisements for her new show. So well done, PR Hollywood people, for being predictable. Of course, it does work because you you wonder why that person's coming out. And I would never have heard of this cyberpunk show. I think it's called The Periphery, The Peripheral. Is that how you say that word? <laughs> Some of these words in the English language, they're tough. But I, I never would have heard of that show. Now, I'm the sort of person that, because they did that, that sort of propaganda type PR thing, that it just annoys me, so I won't watch it. But it gets the word out. It's like the op shop holding a garage sale. They're honing in on the uh, the old human behavior to get views and sales. Now, if we just... Go on over to Canada for a second, old Mr. Trudeau. Get old Justin. Justin Trudeau about democracy and freedom. Old Trudeau. Definitely not the illegitimate illegitimate child of Castro. Let's let's have a listen to what he says in this little clip coming out of Rebel News. Fascinating stuff. Now he's done speeches like this before when I thought, man, your ego, you just can't help but give away the game. But listen to this. Because yes, the summer had its ups and downses, and downs, and not just the bungee jump. We all remember my scandal at the Finnish embassy. Oh, actually, no, you don't remember that because I got my hair cut that weekend. <laughs> A lot of us experimented with new hairstyles over the past few years. For example, I grew a beard. When it started to go grey, I had to shave to make sure I was getting enough airtime on CTV. Yes. So, uh, it, to be fair, I don't know the Finnish embassy scandal, do you? I, I don't know. Probably did at the time, but I don't remember it. And he, I mean, why did he get that weirdo haircut? He was mocked. That's what he was mocked for, and that's all that was in the news. And he can't help himself but get up there and say why they did it. So, so there you go I mean that is something to be watchful for we know when there's big news in the news people will say keep an eye on what they're trying to push through keep an eye on what they're trying to push through but the other thing that I think we often forget is why is that person doing that thing that's kind of weird like getting a haircut that makes them look like dumb and dumber we should realize that possibly they're trying to cover something and so what, is he, what are they trying to hide? What are they trying to hide is what we need to ask. I think that's a really interesting clip into, well, Canadian propaganda, but how politics works. It's actually pretty shocking. Not surprising, but still shocking. And Trudeau's just... I mean, why say anything? I get it. It's like they're openly mocking us, the ones that pay attention. But to the they know that the vast majority of the public aren't going to see that clip and aren't going to care. Either way, they know that about 90% or so, this is just a rough guess, are just easily to easy to control and manipulate. So that's almost a video for people, people like us. They're just telling you to your face, this is what we did and you can't stop us. Yeah, it's a, it's a very eye-opening video, but he has done things like that before, so I'm not surprised. And anyway, just running through a bit of the other news, we've got uh, the new the new PM coming out of uh, the UK, who's the 
the WEF and, and Stooge-type fellow and pushing the central bank digital currency. And I, again, this is just political a political circus, and I think that most of the public think it's just an absolute circus, as you had Truss, who was in there for, what, 45 days? And the shortest PM in British history. And to the to the public, it looks like a clown show. But again, I don't think it is. I think this is as a conspiracy nut, as I posted on Instagram, as a conspiracy nut, I think that this was all planned and, and executed as intended. That's what I think. I think he's been put in there and they're going to push this CBDC thing very hard um, after a possible uh, financial collapse because the, the, the economy is struggling along. Let's put it that way. I'll just play you a little bit of this guy. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. It's Rishi Sunak. But anyway, he's the PM. I'd play you a little bit of this video from a while ago. Say that under the UK's presidency, the group of the world's seven most advanced economies, the G7, is launching a set of public policy principles for retail central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money, a bit like a digital banknote that could be used alongside physical notes and coins. Unlike most of the digital money people use daily today, it would be issued directly by a central bank, like the Bank of England in the UK. And governments and central banks across the world are working together, looking into what having a digital currency might mean in practice. Yeah, we know what it means in practice. It means total control of us. It's totalitarianism. So Rishi Sunak, the new Prime Minister of Britain. Not good, Britain. Not good. I do wonder how long it'll be before they are pushing the return to the EU thing again. I have heard that that's becoming an argument again, that they've left the EU, but now they're trying to, they're desperately trying to get them back into the European Union. Now, also out of the UK today, a British radio presenter died on air. He had a heart attack. That is absolutely tragic. And in New Zealand, a rugby player collapsed due to a medical event. Now, that sort of stuff, it's its happening way too often. I'm seeing it way too often. I don't post a lot about it. I don't talk a lot about it. It's tragic. And we can speculate why. I'm being kind with my words. But it's criminal and tragic. And I don't have much more to say on it at the moment but that's just a couple of the stories that um, came up in quick succession and I uh, wanted to share them but the radio guy dying on air that's pretty horrible and uh, well I mean it's all horrible but you know what I mean it's it's uh, it's not not common and I don't know why it's these weird type of events are becoming more common some might say it's because we report on everything these days and all of these types of things are in the news more because we get world news and then we kind of prime our brains to to notice these stories but i i don't think that is the case at all i think something's going on will we ever know will will the powers that be in our news outlets ever be honest about what the possible causes of causes of all this weirdness are again i'm just being a little bit careful with the words okay let's go into this copy and paste propaganda as I'm terming it the 
I'm watching this, I'm, I'm halfway through, it's just over two hours, this documentary, and it's called 1986, The Act. It features people like uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who recently released the real Anthony Fauci book, and that is now also a documentary. But this one, this documentary is kind of, it's it's a documentary and cut with actual, uh, well, cutscenes. So they have a kind of a fictional couple playing out their own research journey. And what's interesting is it came out in around June 2020. So they would have been working on this for at least, well, a year, maybe two years. And in June 2020, this came out. And it's about vaccines and what happened in 1986 and the basically limited liability. I'm only halfway through it, so I I won't comment too much on the actual film, but it's about basically the limited liability that came in in 1986 and how it just became particularly the 90s just became a bit of a free-for-all and that's why you're seeing the the jab program particularly for kids just being expanded at an incredible rate now when this came out in june 2020 obviously we had just started into our voldemort virus stuff and then approximately six months after this movie on warning against what well, warning about i should say jabs six months after it comes out we get this new one completely experimental and i say copy and paste propaganda because what we saw for the voldemort virus lockdowns and the pushing of the medicines is copy and paste from previous things that happened now, it's different because it was the the pandemic of of what well, we have the internet. That's what I'm trying to say. We have a lot more medium. We have a lot more avenues of communication and the sharing of information. So it it ramped up to a point that I don't think we've ever seen before. Now, when I say copy and paste, if you I highly recommend it. Go to Rumble and type in. 1986 the act and you should be able to find it they go into the hov aids stuff and they go into things like polio and other like the uh, whooping cough jabs as well and it's just the same playbook it seems to be anyway over and over they fudge the numbers create fear through the media particularly through the hov aids campaign they demonize other medicines whether that's holistic or other pharmaceutical like banning off-label use and things like that they release they then release poorly tested and toxic medicines and limit the liability for the manufacturer my point being they did the same type of thing for hiv aids and if you watch the film and do a little bit of digging the hiv aids connection is according to some questionable now a lot of this also it, it comes down to to the money to the finances because I think it's in the movie, I think it's whooping cough, where it, a lot of it seemed to be, again, I'm just being careful with my language. According to this film, there was some, what we call it, uh, tainted, or it's possibly the wrong word, but the medicines that were given had this, some sort of simian virus in it, which comes from apes and monkeys. And that was given to millions of people. Now, one of these particular jabs that they end up talking about, it would have cost them, so they say, less than one cent to use a safer version of what they had released 
but because it was going to cost them too much money and possibly, I guess, court cases and liabilities, that they refused to use the safer version. And they also show another example of the Ford Pinto when that car came out, I think it was in the 70s, that the gas tank was prone to exploding if it was hit from behind, if the car was re-ended. And Ford could have fixed that problem by an $11 adjustment to that car, $11 per car, would have basically or, or limited severely limited the risk of that happening and Ford refused to do it because they would have had to recall millions of cars so it was a financial decision so if it, basically it sounds like if a few people had to burn well we're going to save we're going to save in the long run so it's it's the whole where where's the ethics where are the morals there this is the moral hazard that I hear people talk about a lot too Basically, I'll read the definition of moral hazard because in the economics, lack of incentive to guard against risk where one is protected from its consequences, e.g., for example, by insurance. So when these jab manufacturers get, there's no, they're not liable for releasing or for creating this experimental product that's not being tested sufficiently, but they have no liability. There's, why do they care? They have to guard against risk. Now you might say. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to comprehend that people do this sort of thing, that they don't actually care about, because again, they just see us as numbers. Big business, big corp, big pharma, government, all of it. We're numbers in a spreadsheet. We are just sheep in a field. And if a few of us have to die because of their foolishness or their chase for power and money, it doesn't matter to them. So that's the moral hazard that we're seeing. Now, I, I call it copy and paste propaganda, obviously, with the HIV AIDS type of stuff and other meds that have been used and they just copied what they did with these other things and used it for the Voldemort virus medicines but ramped up because of what we have now basically the internet and the propaganda machine had to really pump it out the BS now when these jabs and things originally started going particularly for polio it's a different time it's just radio newspapers and a bit of television for those that had it so it's much easier to control the narrative but i do i highly recommend watching that 1986 the act documentary again you can find it on on rumble and i will try and find the link and put it in the show notes as well now also what we're seeing good old copy and paste propaganda with the climate crazies because you would have noticed that it's, it's the October of action. It's the A22 groups, and they come from the Climate Emergency Fund. And it's the same type of tactics that we're seeing, that what, what basically what happened with the Floyd riots, BLM and Antifa stuff as well. We're getting um, symbolism and the soup cans particularly, I'll talk about that in a second, disruption of society, violence and damage, and funded groups. And then you're getting these hysterical people coming out of nowhere coming out of the woodwork pretty much because britain decided that they needed to get a bit more energy energy sufficient and prepare for the winter so people wouldn't starve to death and freeze to death but we're seeing so we're seeing this all around the world now these a22 groups the first ones that i started noticing were well the one that they threw soup on the painting 
the orange colored soup and then you had the guy that sprayed the orange again orange you'll notice the colors that they use the orange colored spray paint all over the Aston Martin factory now if you look at the soup uh, the sorry the painting the the two girls I assume they could be they's I don't know but they are they because there's two of them it's plural see they threw soup on the painting and if you just replace their shirt slogans the climate or end oil now whatever stop just end oil if you just replace that with black lives matter it's the same the same look and they're holding up soup cans and if you go to their website the just stop oil website it says bring soup and sandwiches why would you bring soup and sandwiches because during the whole antifa riots blm antifa riots the soup can was a symbolism and that was they would throw the cans at cops and so-called patriots it was it became a weapon and I just wonder if why are they holding up the soup can? The ones that threw this on the painting, they hold up the soup can to the camera. Both of them. They take turns holding it up. And then on their website it says bring soup and sandwiches. Why? Who are you signalling? Is this just a signal for who's funding you? I don't know. Very strange. I mean BLM and Antifa had a soup drive in I think it was in Denver when those high riots were going on. But yeah, the um the painting they threw it on was the Van Gogh, the sunflowers, it was symbol of happiness it's in one of the most popular or one of his most popular paintings of course then it was pointed out to me that uh, obama and i just found this funny in 2008 had a campaign called yes we can and they're using soup cans so i do wonder if there's any underhanded connection well not underhanded but you know any sort of wild connection somehow through all the uh, the tangents of people all the branches of people if there's somehow a connection there to the obama campaign of yes we can but uh, that's just getting getting conspiratorial now in new zealand they've started doing the same sorts of things and well if you go to the climate emergency fund.org you can see these a22 groups now the just stop oil group is part of the a22 network and in new zealand they've started hanging hanging signs around and uh, blocking tunnels in wellington and things and they're called restore passenger rail and they're also part of the a22 group now they say on their website that the restore passenger rail is because most new zealanders would want to see our rail networks back up and running so it's an easy way to get people on board very very clever messaging but if you dig into them they're part of the a22 group now in canada you've got save old growth in australia fireproof australia in Germany, you've got uh, Letzer Generation and America Declare Emergency, all part of the A22. There's other ones from places like Spain and France and the Netherlands. And the A22 group on the Climate Emergency Fund website, one of their founders is Eileen Getty. And the Getty family is one of America's richest families, thanks to their oil industry, their involvement in the oil industry, I should say. And amazingly, so Eileen Getty's one of the co-founders of the Climate Emergency Fund. She's got the, I think, is it the, um, what's her group called? Might just be called the Getty Foundation. She's She's got her own one, the Eileen Getty Foundation. I can't remember the name of it. But her, the Getty family had got direct connections with the Newsoms, the Harrises, the Pelosi's. <laughs> I mean, they're godparents to each other's children. And they go to important family events together. So that's all connected. Also, I mean, you would have... In Germany, I think that that story's just recently come out where those the climate protesters, which must be part of the Letzer group, have 
glued them, their hands to the floor of one of the Volkswagen showrooms and they weren't allowed buckets to to basically relieve themselves in and then I think Volkswagen turned off the heat and left them there. <laughs> hey, they said, well, we support your right to protest and then they just, I think they just left or just didn't provide them with their necessary items. Well, you're going to glue your hands to the floor, deal with the consequences. But that happened and then there was a dance video i'm not sure how old it was but again copy and paste propaganda here come the nurses and the doc how do they have time for this and they're coming out dancing for climate change and then they it's this weird dance and then they all well some of them fall to the ground because they die because of climate change because they haven't had their climate change medicine and they cover them up with a blanket like they did it's very strange. And who funded that? Who has the time to do that? Are these just are these actual doctors and nurses? Probably not. But who's funding that? This is again the copy and paste propaganda from climate stuff. Because what's happening is you'll just see the same types of tactics over and over again, but the messaging will change depending on what is needed, or depending on what the movement actually is. Now another one happened in New Zealand today. I got sent well, on the weekend. Sorry, I got sent this from a a friend i think i can call her a friend now i think we we've talked enough had conversed enough to be considered at least acquaintances good acquaintances i don't know i don't know it doesn't matter but this person sent me uh from nelson they'd got this th- thing called thor and it's an iceberg well supposedly it's it's ice being lifted up by a crane and they said that the the crane clearly runs on diesel so that's kind of funny but this gigantic ice sculpture thing is being is suspended in mid-air and then you have these people or dancers on top of it just performing and it's all to do with raising awareness about climate change and it says high above the you can look it up thor legs on the wall nelson arts festival high above the harbor suspended by a crane on 2.7 tons of ice a figure isolated on a melting platform struggles for balance as sunset approaches what will be left we are confronted and inspired by their determination to adapt and survive there's no time to waste over eight hours in one day legs on the wall brings death-defying beauty to the current climate crisis with thaw that's t-h-a-w not Thor and his hammer. Thor resonates with us all <laughs> as we each grapple with our own role in the climate emergency and commit to our collective obligation to a sustainable future. Buzzwords galore. Anyway, this apparently has come out of Australia and it's now in Nelson, New Zealand. I don't know why. They originally did this at the Sydney Opera House. And it's funded by, well they go into all of the, the what you can do type of stuff. Uh, It's funded by, Thor has been assisted by the Australian government through the Australian Council for the Arts. It's arts funding and an advisory body. So there you go. Legs on the Wall is founded in Sydney's Inner West in 1984. It's a diverse and vibrant physical theatre company, which tours nationally and internationally. Okay, 
but somebody's paid them to come over here, so I think it must be the Nelson Nelson Council or somebody like that, or Ports of Nelson, not sure. Maybe this is the so-called environment, the ESG type of score, and people, places like the Ports of, I'm just speculating, places like Ports of Nelson and other industries get these performances over because they fit the, the ESG being environmental, social and governmental um, policies and scores that you're seeing in in the economy now. And maybe this fits a social part of the score. Look, we're getting the message out there. We're repentant. We are showing the dangers. So there's that. Look how look how woke we are. We're on board with the, the climate craziness. We, we get it. We get it. Let's fund a performance from legs on the wall. But there you go. Thor. This is, and this is happening all around the world. And if you saw that Project Veritas video from a while ago, they went undercover and caught that CNN, was it a producer or a director? One of the CNN people, one of the big mainstream media organisations admitting on a hidden camera that, well, the next thing we're going to be pushing after the pandemic is the climate, climate crisis is, is now being termed and look what we're seeing all these groups and there are connections everywhere if you just if you want to look into it but again the media not doing their job which is intentional but not hard to find the connections if you want to look at them it it is a little bit difficult to find the big money apart from the the eileen getty uh, lady with the climate emergency fund but anyway, this is copy and paste propaganda. You're going to see the same tactics being used over and over and over again. And there'll be a lot of gaslighting and calling people fascists and bigots and, well, the problem people that aren't going to go along with the message. But copy and paste propaganda. That's what we're seeing. Anyway, let's end it. Let's end today's show with a little bit of a laugh. It's called Nude Gardening Day. The Kiwis are urged to bury their undies. It's underwear if you don't know what undies are. Um, yeah, New Zealand had a, a nude gardening day. And they are, for some reason, this group is encouraging New Zealanders to bury their underwear in honour of the day. It's celebrated every Saturday of Labour Weekend. Never heard of it. Uh, New Zealanders with a fondness for nudity and a green thumb hit the bushes for some pruning and for this year's holiday to promote good soil. However, Kiwis a bit more sensitive to stripping, stripping off can still join in on the fun by taking a pair of their cotton underwear and leaving it buried in their gardens. Because, you know. Anyway, it says when dug up after 60 days, gardeners can get a taste of the... Don't taste it. Gardeners can get a taste of the health of their soil by seeing how well their undergarments have broken down. A, I mean, this is good advertising, isn't it? Now look, if, you are, if you're not listening to this episode naked outside in your garden, you're a bigot. Hate to tell you that. You are a fascist and you do not care about anything. Climate, people, health. You're a bigot. Sorry. It's just what you are. So just stop what you're doing. Take off your clothes. Go out into your garden. Do some weeding. That's weeding. You know, pulling out plants. Don't, you know, if you need to do that, go to the bathroom. Uh... Just do your bit for the world. I don't know what you're thinking. All right, good. Now that your clothes are off and you're outside, we can finish this story. It says a good pair of deteriorated underwear will show the microbial activity in full action, meaning your soil is nice and healthy. It says, quote, 
Um, many of our clubs sit on large, lush grounds and our members enjoy getting stuck into the garden while enjoying all the goodness of the outdoors and soaking up the sun for a good dose of vitamin D. Vitamin D is good. However, who said this? Who said these words? The marketing manager of the New Zealand Federation of, Natur- of Naturists, and her name is Alice DeWitt. Can't make that up. Although she probably pronounces it Alice DeWitt. Although it's it's Alice De in W-E-T. So I don't know if she's Dutch or a Kiwi or whatever. But in the English language, that spells wet. And it's an interesting name for a nudist. And she says, uh, new members are always welcome. And the good news is the club uniform comes free of charge. Ah, thanks Alice. Okay, going to leave it there for today. Bit of a longer one as I get back into the swing of things. But I hope you're doing well, and I'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast, commentary, comedy, conversation. Again, please remember to like, share, subscribe, 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 comment, all of those good things. And talk to you again tomorrow.